welcome to the Universal Sisterhood podcast. We're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper, lift their gaze higher, live freer, laugh louder, smile brighter, and be the authentic woman she was designed to be. Every human heart is created to be known, loved, and understood. So this is the place where women can share their story. Welcome to episode 62. In today's episode, I chat with Gemma Howard. Gemma graciously shares her story of finding herself pregnant in a toxic relationship at the age of 17. Gemma humbly seeks help from her family. She finds forgiveness, she finds mercy, and she finds the face of Christ in her sweet little Josephine. Gemma is such a beautiful witness to what walking humbly with God looks like. We are all human. We all make mistakes, we all sin. But not all of us are humble enough to ask for forgiveness. Shame is what keeps us bound. The enemy is so sinister in the way that he loves to make us sit in our shame. In our shame, he delights in knowing that we feel alone, we feel hopeless, we feel forgotten, we feel unloved, we feel unforgivable. But this is not where God wants us. He loves us no matter what we choose. He never stops searching for us, no matter what choices we make. And he will never stop reaching out for us. It is up to us to turn our hearts, to reorient our hearts towards him. Gemma shows this so beautifully and she reminded me a lot of Mary Magdalene. And I want to read something that Pope Benedict XVI said about Mary Magdalene. He said, The story of Mary Magdalene reminds us all of a fundamental truth. A disciple of Christ is one who, who, in the experience of human weakness, has had the humility to ask for his help, has been healed by him, and has set out following closely after him becoming a witness of the power of his merciful love that is stronger than sin and death. And Gemma so beautifully demonstrates this with her life, with how she has seeked the face of God and asked for forgiveness. And she not only has asked for forgiveness, but she has also tried and is still trying, and as we all do, to, to forgive ourselves. And I think St. John Paul the Great says it so beautifully. He says, forgiveness is the restoration of freedom to oneself. It is the key held in our own hand to our own prison. So not only do we need to seek forgiveness from God, but we also need to forgive ourselves. Gemma shows so beautifully that God can write straight with crooked lines. I hope you enjoy this episode and if you find it helpful for yourself maybe share it with a friend. I'd love for you Gemma to just tell us who you are and something about your life, what your life looks like right now. Yes, um, I am a new adult. I just turned 18 at the end of June. Um, I'm a pilot, recent pilot, as well as a cellist. I've played cello for the past almost 14 years. Um, And the biggest 
part of my life um, is I am the mom to little Josephine, who's now two weeks old. Um, so yeah, new mom and just well, firstly, <laughs> congratulations. She's beautiful. She really is beautiful. She's tiny. She is super tiny. Oh my goodness. When she popped out, I was like, oh, you're like a doll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's tiny. She's very petite. She's beautiful. So firstly, congratulations on becoming a mum. Yeah. So yeah. that's an achievement in itself. So Gemma, what I wanted to talk to you about today was that you um, are a teen mum a courageous teen mum because the um, tendency to when when girls find out that they're pregnant is to immediately run off and have an abortion and I want to commend you on um, having your baby because it undoubtedly is hard any time to have a baby let alone freshly 18 and freshly out of finished school I imagine is school over it is over but I'm doing gonna continue it like I'm not going to college right away or yeah ever we'll see yeah <laughs> we'll see where that leads yeah we'll see um because it takes a lot of courage especially in in the society that we live in today so I want to commend you could you tell us a bit of your story your background um and support and things that um helped to um, give you the confidence to keep your baby? Yeah. So do you have a strong faith? Let's start there, maybe. Yeah, I do have a strong faith. I was born and raised Catholic, um, mm -hmm. two super Catholic parents. One's a theologian. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, definitely had a very, very strong um, religious upbringing, which was great, which had obviously incorporated a very massive pro-life view. So mm -hmm. from very young, I had that, you know, that um, mindset about life yeah. um, from early age, which was really great. <clears throat> but yeah. Fantastic. I mean, it was, um, there was definitely this time period, um, very briefly, like when I first found out, it was this oh my goodness and it definitely I was like there this isn't this is an option yeah. um and, and nobody will know that the, the exact if no one knows yeah yeah it's like a lot of people think yeah. yeah a lot of people think it's just like an it should be just an easy choice it's just you have a you find out you're pregnant and it's okay I'm keeping this but there is that I mean it's a big thing especially for a young person to be like oh my gosh I have a baby now and while I was, I knew I was going to end up keeping it. There was this part of me of like, with the situation with the father and just how things were going at the time of like, okay, I really have to commit and like, I have to keep this baby. Um, but it definitely was like, okay, this isn't, there is that path that I could choose, but I quickly was like, no, yeah, I'm not going that route. <laughs> and, and once you, uh, you made that, decision how was your heart it was pretty heavy yeah it was for the first beginning when I first found out um I mean the way I found out the whole situation around just the beginning of finding out I was pregnant was really stressful really uptight and um after I was like okay I'm keeping this baby I'm gonna do it a lot of things just exploded after that and so it made it really hard for me to be like 
okay, I'm going to try to embrace this with a super positive, super happy um, mindset. Mm. And for a good period of time, it was just a lot of fear and unknown and just really scared of, I don't know what this is going to look like <laughs> yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. And did your faith play a part or were you, this was a point where you thought, I, I, I can't, you know, I can't even go there right now. It was, def- I mean, it was definitely a part um, when I made that solid decision. It wasn't like I'm making this because I'm Catholic. Yeah. Um, but it definitely, I mean, if I wasn't raised with the background I had or I wasn't as religious as I am, I think I could have made a very different decision. So it definitely played a part mm-hmm. um, in how I ended up choosing to keep her but I didn't yeah. make it necessarily for yeah. that reason. Yeah. Um, I, re- I read a book years and years ago called um, Giving Sorrow Words by Melinda Tankard Reist. I don't know whether you know the book. I don't know. Um, yeah, she's an Australian. Um, and she uh, put an ad in um, a, a women's magazine and a very popular newspaper, just a, a tiny little ad asking for women to share their stories um after abortion mm-hmm. and she got an overwhelming response of um women and how sad they were and and just how it had changed their life and how kind of the the, the overarching um message from the book was that women didn't feel free to choose to keep their babies mm-hmm. um yeah. there was so much pressure from either the boyfriend or the or the partner, um, the family, uh, friends was you know because it wasn't their decision you know it didn't really impact yeah. them but they wanted you know they thought or well, in her best interest just get rid of it you know it'll be mm-hmm. over it's quick and then you can get on with your life but what every woman found out that they couldn't get on with their life like it was before um, so. You know, you are such a beautiful witness to all these women. And my podcast speaks to a lot of um, older women who probably are now at the age where they could have daughters that will find Mm -hmm. themselves um, pregnant. And I just want to um, highlight how, how did your family play a role in, you know, the encouragement and the support? What kind of support does a girl need? Um, when she finds out she's pregnant. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah, well, first of all, just in light of that book, like, that is such, like, I've been realizing that, too, of how, you know, thinking back on, you know, if I had made that decision, how I would feel, I know I would feel such regret because we do, we live in a culture where I was, I think I was telling my mom, I was like, it's, you can see the devil working his way in this like so easy because the devil's always you know here's this temptation it's good it's great like you know there will be no yeah there'll be no consequences like it's okay do whatever you want and then the second you do something and there is a consequence it's shame on you you're a failure and that's exactly how the pro-life is because we've been encouraging all of our young people of like it's okay to sin it's okay to do this with your partner like just do do what you want and then someone gets pregnant and they're like shame on you hide it get rid of it this is terrible like you're a bad person and it's scary for the women that get into those situations because they're like 
Well, you know, then they do. They get in that situation where they feel forced and pressured and then they do get rid of their baby. And then years later, like, oh, my gosh. And it destroys them. And, oh, I can't even imagine living with that now that I have her. Yes. I I can't imagine getting rid of her. It's so hard. But in terms of my parents, um, they really surprised me um, because, I mean, I had a rebellious past obviously I mean and um I didn't expect them to be super loving or supportive or anything I wasn't sure how that was gonna go and um I mean from the minute I found out they were pretty they were very supportive they were definitely had a sense of disappointment of like really Gemma like because I the thing that saddens me is like I was everything a Catholic girl probably should be in the sense of like I you know, I knew what purity meant. I knew, like, I had my purity ring. I had gone through a theology of the body course. Like, I knew I knew what it meant to be a holy woman, a pure woman. And um, I still made the decisions that I did. And they definitely were like, we know you had, like, we know the real Gemma. And this is really sad. But they came and, I mean, they wrapped her arms around me. They helped me um, just affirm me um and I mean for the next nine months they helped me with every decision I called my I mean my mom got so many calls in the middle of the night of me just crying and trying to figure things out and she Mm -hmm. was that person that was just it's okay we'll get through it we'll figure this out it'll be okay um and same with my dad my dad and I when I found out weren't very close and he was the most (laughs) he was the person I was afraid of telling the most because I Mm. was like oh he is gonna oh he's gonna be angry um but then I mean he just totally yeah totally surprised me and was like my biggest advocate in everything and was just fighting for me standing up for me um just championing championing me um Mm. and yeah I mean that was just the biggest thing they just they never they didn't cast me out. They didn't like belittle me. And yeah. they didn't end up focusing on the fact that I had fallen, yeah. which was nice. Like it wasn't a constant, you know, thing they hung over my head or dangled, yeah. you know. They just yeah. like, okay, this is where we're at now. Because they know the face of God. They know his mercy mm-hmm. because they live it themselves. Yeah. And I think that the 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 more um humble we become in our the more little we become in our faith um the more pure our faith becomes the more mercy we have because mm-hmm. that is us you are us you you know you're, not, you're it's just not Gemma that falls yeah. in sin yeah it's every <laughs> single one of us and that I think is such a beautiful witness of real holy families Mm-hmm. It's not. It's, it's not necessarily the ones that all go to mass and are all, you know, yeah. all the ducks in a row lined <laughs> yeah. up. Yes, that's oh, no. good and beautiful. Yeah, but it's the the display of mercy, real mercy, mm-hmm. when things don't necessarily go as we thought they would. Yeah, not as planned because God has a plan for you. Yeah, and it's beautiful. Very. <laughs> um, so your mum, are you close closer now? definitely closer now I mean my relationship with my mom 
I consider my best friend now. Mm-hmm. Whereas before we definitely were kind of clashing. Um, yeah. But no, this is just, it strengthened our entire relationship and now we're closer than ever. I mean, yeah. she's practically parenting with me. It's it's so great. I'm like, mom, Josephine is doing this. What's wrong? And she, you know, helped me the first So, So months. are you the oldest in your family? I am. So I'm the oldest of six. Uh-huh. And yeah. the youngest is? Going to be one um, here in just like a week. <laughs> okay, wow. Yeah. So they're going to grow up quite close. They'll be best friends. <laughs> yeah. It'll yeah. be great. Is the youngest a boy or a girl? Of your it's mom's? a girl. Okay. Yep. Oh. My family has five girls, one boy. So a lot of girls. <laughs> Where's the boy? He's right in the middle. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> poor, poor I bet he was hoping for <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he that, loves her. <laughs> I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. So um can we talk about shame? Because yeah. I think shame is something that no one wants to talk about and we hide from it. But you're a beautiful example of when you bring something to the light, it makes it so much easier to carry and to bear mm-hmm. and to get through. Um I was wondering if you could um, talk about the 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 ability or or how how shame we harbor it and we carry it, but once we bring it out, how that kind of um, changes the narrative yeah. of shame. Could you speak into that? Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I mean, it took me almost not the nine months to stop. Mm-hmm. Not even, I mean, stop. I still feel some shame. I'm still working yeah. through that. Yeah. And I think I will probably for a while. But it took me almost nine months to really accept my reality and to stop hiding from it. I mean, mm-hmm. to the point where I was wearing sweaters in 90 degree weather because I did not want my belly to show. I did not want people to know. Um, mm-hmm. When people asked, I'd be like, where did you hear that? And just, I, I just... I never wanted to admit to anybody else because I felt so, I felt shamed. I felt really Mm. sad about my situation and I was like, it was really hard. And then I got to this point where, um, well, once the father of my baby died, everyone, I found out. Oh, man. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's another, (laughs) It's oh, wow. the past nine months have been a total journey. Yeah, there's a lot of oh my glory. <laughs> oh um, wow! And we can touch on that if you want. But yeah, I mean, after I found out, I also realized how many people already knew. And at that point, I was just running away mm. from the truth. And I was just at that point, I was just hurting myself and making it harder for me. Um, and I think it was when I had my baby shower. And I had people kind of come and rally around me that I was like, okay, I can't hide from this anymore. And it was scary to kind of admit to the world and like really take ownership over my fault. Um, But once I did, it really was like a weight was lifted off of my shoulders. And I I I wasn't hiding. I wasn't. Now, granted, it's still really, really hard to face it in a different way but I feel so much less in the like I was hiding it in the dark yeah it really does feel like this is now transformed from a horrible situation that I 
was just going to have to live with for the rest of my life to this beautiful new journey that I get to go on um, and will now be able to share with people without you know, feeling terrible yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you are a very mature woman. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, because I, I, for me, the most beautiful thing was having people come to me and say, congratulations, that is good news. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, it is good news and you want um, – it's it's beautiful news, even though that there are, it, it it has come about in a hard, not an ideal situation. It is still good news, and God never gives bad gifts. He only gives good things, yeah. and He makes good things out of seemingly horrible situations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Can you touch on what what happened to the father of the? I was going to ask, does the yeah. father of the baby still play a role in Josephine's life? Yeah, so, I mean, to touch on the his death, I kind of have to go back just a little bit. I won't dive too deep, but um, prior to me finding out, um, I was in, I had been in the relationship for a year, mm-hmm. and while there was a lot of beauty to that relationship, and there was a lot of unhealthiness, and a mm-hmm. lot of manipulation and control, and it was just not great, and it Right before I found out, I was realizing that, and I was slowly starting to try to get out of the relationship. And then I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay. And that scared me because I was like, I don't want to be trapped. Um, and he still wanted to be in the relationship. He was, you know, he, I, I really think he was like, he was in love with me. He mm-hmm. wanted to stay, and he wanted to be the father of the baby. And the more I thought about it, I was like, this baby is going to, if we try to do this together, this baby is going to grow up in a house of division, in a house of constant battling, of morals, of principles. He was not Catholic. Mm -hmm. Um, He's had a lot of trauma. And so I just kind of, I, once I found out, we separated. Um, And yeah, for the next five months, there was, him pressuring trying to get in and you know mm-hmm. be involved and me being like no <laughs> and so we hadn't talked we really hadn't I kind of used my mom to communicate or other people third parties to communicate um things and I had not talked to him and then in March I got a call from his best friend one of my close friends and he was like Garrett's dead and I was like what and he's like yeah, and I was like, stop joking. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, this yeah. is the worst thing ever. Like, what are, what are you doing? And he's like, no, Garrett. Garrett is his name. Um, yeah. He he shot himself. Oh and so goodness. that happened in March. And obviously that just brought up a whole new boat mm-hmm. of shame and guilt of, was this my fault? Did I cause this? If I had done this, would he still be alive? If I had just allowed him to be the father and been kind of his drug to to say to keep him alive like would he still be here um and that that definitely was a big yeah yes yes oh my goodness Gemma that's so hard yeah yeah but God is merciful (laughs) 
He is so merciful. <laughs> yes, he is so merciful. And he doesn't, um, we don't understand his mercy and we don't understand where, is it Garrett? Garrett, yeah. Garrett, where his mind was mm-hmm. at that point. And yeah. clearly he had, he had a lot of uh, wounds and, you know, so much mm-hmm. going on inside of him. So um, I don't want you to feel responsible <laughs> for that. But that, <laughs> no, you know, I that's think just I've, another yeah. layer of um, complexity and, mm-hmm. and brokenness that, you know, you're going to have to work through, but you yeah. are in the right place to do that with such support and, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and faith. Yes. Oh, man, Gemma, you have had a, a – <laughs> the ride of your life in, in I really in have one it's, short year I know I'm I just know. like okay what else are you gonna throw at me God I'm ready yeah. <laughs> just yeah hit yeah, me yeah. all at once <laughs> but you don't do it alone no you I never don't. do it alone and he doesn't do things it doesn't it's not anger that you know like Josephine is not a you know a, a something that he's given to you to teach you a lesson she mm. is she is a gift. Oh, she is such a blessing. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. such a gift. Um, well, that's really, really, really hard. So I will be praying for him and for you. Thank you, yeah. That's really hard. Um, so you clearly have grown like 20 years in, your, in one year, I'd say. <laughs> it feels like <laughs> from, it. I know. <laughs> from that experience. Yeah. What's your faith like now? It, I, it's so beautiful now before I keep going before and after, but before it really was sometimes a lot, most of the times in people's life, there is a defining Mm -hmm. moment that you either reject or accept and Mm -hmm. you do kind of become a different person. So there, there literally is a before your come to Jesus moment, or if you (laughs) could say it like that, your reversion Mm -hmm. and your after. Yeah. Um, I think Dorothy Day says that there is there you constantly um uh, re re um reverting converting in your faith, mm-hmm. uh, and there are definite signposts that you can see that uh, the turning points along the way, which is beautiful. It is so beautiful, yeah. Right like now, yeah. So I mean, yeah. Before it was it was there. Um, it was pretty mediocre, nothing great, wasn't super strong. Um, and then in the beginning, I was at, when I found out I was actually living away from home, I was in Colorado as a nanny at a beautiful family, for a beautiful family um, down there. And they were all starting this St. Joseph consecration, this book. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the people that lived there his name was Taylor uh he was just going on about like how every time he did this God gave him an answer and everyone he shared it with like once they prayed it they got what they were asking for and I was like okay Saint Joseph this pregnancy is yours I give you this baby I give you all of these decisions and I started that Saint Joseph um consecration and then after that just with the people I was surrounded with down there and then my family and everything, it just ended up exploding. I don't really know what necessarily changed. Um, 
But I definitely think starting that consecration and really creating this routine of prayer really just exploded it. And then slowly starting to actually see God work. Because a lot of the time I was like, God, where where are you? I don't see you. You don't ever answer me. I just, you're not, you're not there. Like, I don't, you never answer me. Um, And then I think, you know, through the past several months, I'm like, oh my goodness, you have really been there. Like, I can actually see your hand moving and helping and walking with me. And that, I think, just that seeing that really made, just re-sparked that love for him. And it's like, I mean, yeah, sometimes you just, I just needed that little shove and sign from God of like, I am here to be like, okay, you're here. And now I'm just like, okay, I'm all yours. Is that why her name is Josephine? It is. Yep. I was like, I consecrated you to St. Joseph in the beginning. I need a name. I was like, Joseph, I don't, I'm not naming her after a boy. Um, and I was like, Josephine, perfect. (laughs) So, yep. That's beautiful. What, what do your friends think of you? Well, (laughs) (laughs) the, my, my true friends, I would, I mean, they were, yeah. Yeah. Has has it sorted out like who really loves you? It has. Yeah. Yeah. And the ones and I knew I knew they would be supportive. But when I called and told them, some of it was kind of sad. I called them and I was like, There's something I need to tell you and they're like, Oh, we already know. And I was like, Okay, well that just goes to show what they kinda think of me now or then. Um but they were just super supportive, super loving, super excited too. Like I had a lot of, or well, two of them just like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. We're going to do a baby shower. We're going to help. Like I, we're going to buy clothes. It's going to be great. And, um, and there were definitely some that I just haven't talked to. And a lot of the friends that I had known and got to kind of associate myself with through Garrett, those kind of dropped off and, mm-hmm. um, I would say my friend group has lessened a lot, but I'm very happy that it has because it really has just brought in or shown me, you know, who's really with yeah. me and who isn't. Yeah. Um, which has been good. It's been yeah. a nice kind of like, oh, okay, yeah. sweet. You I don't have, have to really do, do that yeah, myself. Exactly. It's already <laughs> kind of naturally. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it definitely showed me kind of how, you know, people view yeah. this situation and. Yeah. I lost some, but gained others. It's been really, yeah. it's been beautiful. I haven't really felt any major loss in that aspect, which has been nice. Yeah. Novelty or not? I think, I don't know, because I feel like the people that think I'm a novelty, I didn't talk to. They yeah. just kind of found out and were like, oh my gosh, like, okay, well, you know, and then I never talked to them. Um, I definitely had a friend or two that were, kind of just like whatever you choose I'll support um I had one in particular who was like if you're gonna have an abortion I will be there to hold your hand if you keep her I'll be there to hold your hand after delivery and it was kind of like they were just kind of in the middle and they were like you whatever you choose I'll support Mm -hmm. and then I obviously had some that were like super you're keeping it right like there's no there shouldn't be a question there so yeah yeah gorgeous um well, have you always had a Marian devotion? 
I've always had a marrying devotion. In fact, my mom consecrated me to Mary when she found out I was pregnant. Um, Mm -hmm. I did the same with Josephine. Um, It wasn't super prominent during my pregnancy. I definitely was constantly like, Mother Mary, be this mother to me. Um, And I constantly prayed that, like, she would help me be the, be a good mother to Josephine. Um, But I, it wasn't, I didn't feel super like she, I don't know. I wasn't. So you still, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lady lady takes a long time, I think, for a lot of women who don't feel um, good enough or don't have that connect, you know, have, are working through it. Because I think a lot of people see her as too pure and too perfect and that's Mm -hmm. just not me and I'm, you know. um, Whereas I found her, I had a real devotion to her because she was kinder. I always felt that (laughs) God was too harsh and she was kind and I could kind of whisper, like, could you, like, (laughs) so mine wasn't because she was, I I was too pure. It was because she, I felt that she wasn't going to be as harsh on me. Yeah. Um, so that's where I came, but I can see a lot of people find her very hard to warm to because they think that she's too perfect. Um, yeah, I could, yeah, I can see that. For me, a lot yeah. of the, the biggest thing was I kept going to, you know, Mary had an unexpected child and she said yes, and she fully surrendered herself to God. So I just kept being Mother Mary, help me to be like you, help me to say yes, help yeah. me to just completely give myself my body to Christ for whatever he has planned for me just like you did like that was kind of like my prayer um it didn't really expand much more than that but it really was just you know help me be like you help me help me be like oh you're giving me a kid okay yeah she is like she did experience what you went through that you know and also that confusion and what me uh, a mother I'm young you Mm -hmm. know yeah so She's somebody who you could probably relate to. Exactly. Even though you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like, I feel very close to her. Yeah. Beautiful. What's one advice you would give young girls um, finding themselves in in the same situation that you found yourself in? Yeah. I keep having people ask me this and I love the question. No, I love it. Um, but, but I don't it's have an hard. answer. It's hard. And well, it's like, I have an answer, but I don't. Cause it's like, ah, I understand the pain and the confusion, but it's like, I don't have, but I really think um, what I've come back to a lot is just, you know, if you find yourself in this situation, immediately surround yourself with people that will support you because if you are in a home or in a relationship where they're constantly telling you, get rid of it, get rid of it, or you're a failure, you're like, it'll make you miserable. It might make you change your mind. It might put you in a situation where you feel like you have no choice to do but to get rid of it or but to feel, you know, like you're the worst person in the world. Um, and if you can find even one person that'll just, champion you and just really love you I think that will be like the just the best it'll it'll help a lot it won't it won't take away the feelings of guilt or shame but it'll help you to feel confident of okay I'm okay I can do this I I am loved Mm -hmm. because I think 
we don't feel loved in this. Like mm-hmm. when we do this, we're like, we, we don't deserve to be loved even. And yeah. so we need, we need that in order to, you know, yeah. not. You can't underestimate yeah. faithful women in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when things feel like they're spiraling out of control. Good yeah. female friendships um, are, are so, so necessary to get you through yeah. the heart. Yeah, which was crazy because before I was like, ugh, like I don't want female friends, female drama. I didn't invest yeah. myself. And then now I'm like, I am so glad I have my mom. And I had the few female friends that I did because I really needed that mm. affirmation and that love and that, you know, yeah. feminine yeah. kind of yeah. just support. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I yeah. get it. Um, yeah. Well, that's beautiful. That's great. So what does yeah. what does the future look like for you? Oh, we'll see. It's crazy right now. We're everything's chaotic. We're moving out of this house on Monday. Um, gonna live somewhere for a month and then have to move again, and then we're just moving a lot. And so I'm just kind of like, whatever. I don't know. We'll see. We'll, I'm just trying to get the mother thing down to start, and then yeah, how's that going? It's going really well. I think. I mean, I stepped into it pretty, pretty naturally. I wouldn't say it was easy, but I mean, oldest of six kids. I mean, we just had, my mom just had a baby. Um, I've been a nanny for little children. Like I had this very motherly way about me. Um, The nights have been hard. (laughs) Transitioning to the sleep and the constant nursing and feeding and all of that. But I would say it's going really well. And I'm- Is feeding okay? Yeah, it's surprisingly. I mean, she's done all the work. Like she's latched great. She's oh, good on made her. it pretty pretty easy on me. But it's definitely been oh, okay. This is yeah. a little uncomfortable. I don't. Yeah. Do you want to feed again? Do you seriously need to feed again? I know. I know. <laughs> and like, I went to church last week because I had her two weeks ago. So I went. To, anyways, um, the first time I was like, oh my gosh, I have to do this in public. I what know, am I gonna I do? Oh, this is so stressful. I, uh, please don't so wake daunting. up. Yeah. <laughs> so, don't wake up, don't wake up, don't wake exactly. up. Exactly. No. <laughs> Thankfully, she did pretty it's good. But sweating. Yeah. Yep, yeah, yep. <laughs> but no, I would say that the Lord continues to bless me and has just given me the perfect, perfect little person who's just doing great and making it not too hard, enough that I'm being challenged but not yes. enough that I think I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And, and birth? How'd you go? Oh, it went very well for birth. I went, I did it at a birth center, not all natural. Um, just, yeah, but it went, it went so well. I mean, it was the worst pain I've ever endured <laughs> and not something I enjoyed to go through again, if God wills it, but <clears throat> I mean, I labored for six hours. Um, she came out just, oh, she came out great. It was a beautiful birth. It was so the most. Do you see women in a totally different light? Oh, my goodness, yes. And that was part of my thing. I was like, women do this all the time. Like, it's okay. Like, you can get through this. And then afterwards, I was like, women do this all the time. Like, oh, my gosh. They're We're incredible. <laughs> I know. I, I keep being like, I can't believe, like, I created a being inside of me and brought it into the world like that just just seems like a superpower and that's where like part of like the pro-life thing I'm like 
why is this so like like this should be like part of the feminist movement or something like empowering women and being like look at what they can do it's amazing i'm just like baffled that we silence it and silence it i'm like shame it yeah i'm like Like, want to be a mom like (laughs) can't you go do something with your life it's like that is something with my life that is my life (laughs) yeah yeah but well yeah congratulations I, I wanted to read this quote by Pope Paul VI. He says, modern man listens more willingly to witnesses than to teachers. And if he does listen to teachers, it is because they are witnesses. And you have been such a beautiful witness to life and to courage. So, Gemma, I can't thank you enough for your voice and, and who you are. It's, thank you. You're a gift to, to us. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Now, you, you probably have to go and feed that baby. Before we finish, before you have to go and give her a big cuddle, I often ask my guests something that brought them joy this week. So um, could you think of anything that's brought you joy this week? I mean, it's probably pretty obvious, but little <laughs> Josephine has just brought me so much joy. Like, mm-hmm. I have never, like, I didn't think I'd know what being in love feels like, but, oh, my goodness, I am so oh in love with her and she brings me so much joy which is funny little side note my middle name is joie which is french for joy and my parents always called me little joe or little joy like little joie um and now we call her joe but sometimes i find her myself calling her my little joy my little joie so she just brings me so much joy and that has definitely been my my Uh, little that's so (laughs) beautiful there's always he there's always a, um, a a gift in every in every suffering. Um, it really is. And yours is very tangible, very visual. We can see it. So um, he's so good. God is so good. So good. <laughs> um, yeah. I might. I just wanted to ask you if there's something that you could say to women who are contemplating abortion. What would you say to them? I would just say that if you keep your baby, like this is not the end of your journey. You can do it. There's like God is not going to give you something that you can't handle. And even if you're not religious, he still is not going to give you something you can't handle. (laughs) Like there will be a way. You can, like, you can do it. You are you are strong enough. You may not feel like it. Um, and, I mean, I'm still discovering it as a new mom now that she is born of how that is going to affect my dreams. But I in no way feel like I can't do them. And so I really, I really feel like people, other women who are contemplating this just need to know, like, I don't know, I it's not the end of your journey. You you can you can get through it. You will thank yourself for it later. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you don't, I mean, I mean, I definitely don't want to dive into it. But there's another option. If you don't think you're ready to be a mom, mm-hmm. and you could find a loving family to take care of that baby for you, mm-hmm. and it's ugh, there's just so many routes that can help you get through it that 
I really think you can. And I think it's something I said the other day of like, women were created to bring children into the world. Like it is kind of our role. It's in our DNA. It is in our DNA. Exactly. So, I mean, you You were were born for this. Yeah. You literally, you were born for this and you can do it. And it's not over. <laughs> Leah Darrow, Leah Darrow, I don't know if you know her, but she yeah, has a hashtag yeah. babies and dreams. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna I love pop that. that on my on my uh, Instagram tag for you. Yes. And uh, yeah. Perfect. I yeah. love that. <laughs> because we can do both. You know, babies don't stop our dreams. You know, mm-hmm. they might they they enhance them, they make them richer, they make them more interesting, they give us another lead you know that yeah, it doesn't stop there yeah it helps you exactly. determine also which ones are real and which ones are not like okay exactly. I don't think I'm going to Mars now but that's okay <laughs> I can still but you can still fly that airplane exactly but I can st- I mean I got my pilot's license at 36 weeks like it is possible <laughs> fantastic like, it's yeah so do you want to fly planes that is to be I mean I do yes whether yeah. or not it'll be my like full-time career we shall see, <laughs> but definitely it will. I will be flying planes for the rest of my life for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're amazing. <laughs> Thank amazing. you, pilot Gemma, mom extraordinaire. Oh yes, <laughs> I can't thank um, you enough. So thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today, Gemma. 